Good afternoon, everyone. I'm joined Mike Ellis, the Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Services. Also with us is Colin Blair, the Executive Director of the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. And once again, Christy Tucker, the Information Unit Manager from Alberta Wildfire. Also joining us is Paul Winnick, the Deputy Minister of Health. He's available to answer technical questions on the state of affected healthcare facilities. I want to begin by saying that I'm deeply proud of the incredible dedication and resilience of our first responders, our communities, our First Nations and Métis settlement partners, and all Albertans. There is no question that this is a challenging time. Tens of thousands of people have been forced from their homes and their jobs. They're leaving behind all they own, wondering if they will lose everything that they've worked for. And while many Albertans are being forced to evacuate, firefighters and first responders from across the province and the country are doing their absolute best to control the destruction and protect Albertans' lives and property. Albertans cannot thank them enough for their efforts. Just yesterday, I had the opportunity to visit the evacuation centre that has been set up in Edmonton. Despite the difficult challenges that everyone was facing, there was a resounding sense of hope and optimism from both the hard-working volunteers who are helping those who are displaced and our friends and neighbours who were forced to evacuate. I also toured some of the affected wildfire areas near Entwistle and received a thorough briefing from the local team on the state of the situation in that community. This is an incredibly stressful time, and we know Albertans need extra support while they are out of their homes and communities. And that's why we're announcing that additional help is on the way for wildfire evacuees. Starting tomorrow the government will begin providing one-time emergency financial assistance to residents who have been forced to evacuate due to these wildfires. Every adult who's been evacuated and displaced for seven consecutive days will receive $1,250, along with an additional $500 for each dependent child under age 18. This means that an evacuated family of four will receive $3,500 to help get through these dark days and to meet their immediate needs. These payments will help evacuees pay for accommodations, food, and other basic necessities. The payments will make those expenses one less thing for people to worry about so that they can concentrate on their families and their own well-being. We know that this is a tough time, so we've made the application process quick and easy. Evacuees can apply online using a verified alberta.ca account. Payments will be provided through e-transfer once your eligibility is confirmed, and that process can take as little as 24 hours. This is the most efficient way to receive your evacuation payment and to get it as quickly as possible. However, we do recognize that applying online may not be an option for everyone. If you are unable to apply online or you can't receive the e-transfer, people can also call the Wildfire Resource Line. You've heard this number before. We'll say it again, 310-4455, once they are eligible. I'd like to just repeat that number. It's 310-4455. Staff will be able to help with applications and make alternate payment arrangements. The Government of Alberta is also working to ensure residents in remote locations, including Indigenous reserves and Métis settlements, will get these payments as well. These payments are only one part of our ongoing response, but they are a critical lifeline for evacuees in their hour of need. We will ensure everyone who is eligible to receive an emergency payment will get one. And earlier today, 
I did have an opportunity to speak with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. After updating him on the situation we facing Albertans, I first thanked him for the work of the Canadian Interagency for Forest Fire Centre, which has already been activated and working with our team here. It's part of the reason why we already have crews from other provinces who have been arriving, and you'll hear more about that later. But after talking with the uh, Prime Minister, we sent a formal request for additional assistance. Minister Mike Ellis will provide an update on that shortly. During our call, Prime Minister Trudeau confirmed that the military will be sent to assist if necessary. I, we will continue to keep communication channels open with the federal government as we respond to this unprecedented situation. I'd also like to provide a brief update on evacuations and their impact on our healthcare system. As of this morning, almost 300 patients and long-term care residents have been safely evacuated from four Alberta Health Services sites, including Drayton Valley Hospital and Care Centre, Edson Healthcare Centre, Fox Creek Healthcare Centre, and High Prairie Health Complex. These evacuations have gone very well, thanks to the cooperation of those having to move and the hard work of our staff, physicians, and supporting agencies. These relocations are happening through EMS, through chartered buses and flights as required, depending on specific needs. Healthcare workers across the province are working around the clock to ensure patients and residents are safely cared for in temporary locations, and AHS is contacting the families of loved ones to share the patient and resident location information. And I want to be clear, despite these evacuations, our healthcare system is still well equipped and will continue to meet the needs of Albertans from all corners of the province. I want to thank our frontline staff, leaders, and physicians who have come together to support the response across Alberta Health Services, and especially to those who've been evacuated along with their families. Over the past few days, we've heard countless stories of individual Albertans stepping up to lend a hand. Whether it's volunteering, making a financial contribution through the Canadian Red Cross, or another charity, or donating clothes, Albertans have demonstrated their generosity and sense of caring throughout this unprecedented situation. And any Albertan who donates a cash contribution can receive a non-refundable charitable tax credit on their first $200, thanks to a 60% charitable tax credit from the province and 15% from the federal government. We made that ch recent change in Budget 2023. We've also seen various companies step up and provide generous contributions in support of the current situation. I'd like to quickly acknowledge TELUS, who today made an initial commitment of $5 million in in cash and in-kind donations to local charities and organizations supporting relief efforts and first responders. And the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation will be dedicating net proceeds from the Oilers playoffs 50-50 starting tomorrow, May 9th, until the end of round two, to the Canadian Red Cross in support of the humanitarian effort to help Albertans affected by these wildfires. Additionally, during my call earlier today, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau confirmed that the federal government is working with the Red Cross and will match donations. On behalf of the government of Alberta, I want to thank everyone, both individual Albertans and companies who have contributed to, support, to the support of this emergency. Finally, before I conclude and turn over to Minister Ellis, I would like to make a call out to anyone who is trained and qualified in firefighting who would like to be and would be willing to volunteer. If you work for a private sector company, 
if you are firefighting qualified and you are willing to lend a helping hand, please email emergency support offers at gov.ab.ca. That's emergency support offers at gov.ab.ca. Government officials will assess your qualifications and let you know how you can help play a role in responding to this unprecedented fire season. Thank you, and I'd now like to invite Mike Ellis to share some opening remarks. So again, thank you, uh, thank you, Premier, um, and good afternoon, everyone. So I want to express my support uh, to all Albertans who have uh, been evacuated um, and in their communities. Uh, those who are in the process of being evacuated and those who are beginning to return home. We stand closely with you during this uh, very challenging time. Thank you again to all of our frontline, especially those firefighters and first responders who are working tirelessly to protect Albertans, uh, their homes, their communities throughout this emergency. And a big thank you to the volunteers and those who have offered support uh, to their fellow Albertans. Uh, the resilience and compassion of Albertans in the face of adversity represents the very best of this province. The top priority of uh, Alberta's government and, uh, is and will continue to be keeping Albertans safe during this state of emergency. As you've all seen over the weekend, uh, this is a rapidly uh, changing situation and we continue to take steps to respond uh, to situation uh, as the need arises. The Alberta Emergency Management Agency is coordinating with all impacted communities to respond rapidly to the fires uh, and their effects. I continue to have great confidence uh, in our emergency responders and the important work that they are doing across this province. Furthermore, I have uh, been in continuous contact with my federal counterpart uh, as we continue to work together to utilize all possible resources in responding to this emergency. Early today, I did send, as the Premier mentioned, I did send a letter to Minister Blair and Minister Mendicino outlining our request for federal assistance. We've asked the federal government to provide support in the following areas. Uh, number one, the provision of uh, firefighting resources, uh, the pre-positioning of strategic uh, airlift resources for the evacuation of isolated communities, uh, engineering supports uh, along with uh, heavy equipment resources, uh, water purification resources, the continued uh, assistance of additional Royal Canadian Mounted Police to support security and evacuation as required, uh, the costs uh, related to the RCMP operations within the province uh, for the wildfire response, uh, the provision of the uh, military personnel to provide a measure of security for evacuated communities to guard against uh, looting and disorder, uh, an exemption uh, from the federal, uh, federal requirements to extend flight hours for air support related to firefighting and required uh, evacuations, uh, reimbursement uh, of costs related to expenditures for supporting First Nations communities impacted by wildfires and constructions of those communities, uh, flexibility and exceptions uh, where applicable uh, for the uh, Albertans receiving employment insurance as well as rapid enrollment for those being evacuated or businesses closed because of the wildfires. Uh, and I just want to say that I've certainly recently actually spoken to Minister Blair and um, he is uh, beginning to start to action uh, the items uh, on the list that, uh, that uh, we have provided them. So before I continue, uh, I'd like to uh, caution uh, 
that we have uh, been informed by you know the Canadian Armed Forces that we we do have limited firefighting capabilities, and uh, I let everybody know that because there is no silver bullet solution in our response to you know every action to to this very complex situation. Every action is being taken as part of a coordinated response uh, and a strategy to address this emergency. We have full faith and confidence in our, 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 our firefighters and with, uh, with wildlife. Uh, we certainly have full, um, full confidence in the Alberta Emergency Management Association, and it is absolutely a coordinated effort, uh, not just across the, the province, but a coordinated effort uh, in, in the, throughout the country to ensure that we address uh, not just the fires that are going on in Alberta, but of course, as well as British Columbia and uh, Saskatchewan, who also have uh, fires that are currently ongoing. As Premier uh, outlined, the new emergency evacuation payments uh, are now part of the support available to Albertans who have been evacuated over a period of more than seven days. Uh, details are available online and will be updated in real time. Evacuees can visit alberta.ca slash emergency to apply for their payment using a verified alberta.ca account. Uh, that site, again, is alberta.ca slash emergency. And we also have the most up-to-date information on the evolving emergency situation. Uh, if you're in an affected area, uh, please register as uh, an evacuee uh, at your local reception centre and staff will connect you to the resources and assistance that are available. Uh, this has uh, been a very, very difficult time for students who have been displaced uh, due to wildfire evacuations, and I'm going to provide you a brief update on the impact on the schools. So as of 11 a.m. today, there have been uh, 54 schools that have been closed as a result of the wildfire evacuations, affecting approximately 10,500 students. Uh, contingency plans uh, are being developed in place to support the continued learning of students if any evacuation persists for longer than, a, than the uh, longer, for a longer period of time. Uh, officials are going to continue to provide uh, updates on schools and contingency plans as needed. And now, as uh, this weekend has uh, shown, the emergency situation is constantly changing. So I want to be very clear to all Albertans, whether you're close uh, to an area that is currently impacted or not, Again, I'm going to repeat this. It is immensely important to take the steps that are necessary to prepare yourself in the event that you have to leave your home due to an emergency. You can never be too prepared. And there are great resources available at alberta.ca if you need uh, an idea of what uh, you may need to start with. So prepare that emergency kit uh, with uh, 72 hours worth of food, water, critical documents, first aid kits, uh, medication, or any other necessities. I understand in times like this, uh, this is very distressing for everyone. So I want to remind everyone also that help is available to any Albertan who is struggling with uh, mental health concerns that they might be facing at this time. You can call 211. 211 is available day or night to find mental health supports and programs to support your wellness no matter where you are in this province. Mental health services will be there when you need them. Albertans seeking counselling supports can also visit counsellingalberta.ca to access same-day counselling services uh, with uh, low or no fees. Uh, lastly, while I, I don't believe it uh, to be a widespread issue at this time, I certainly have heard uh, some examples of price gouging, uh, which might be occurring uh, within the province and areas uh, where evacue evacuees are being sheltered. I, I want to be very, very crystal clear on this. Um, 
Albertans are not going to accept uh, price gouging, and uh, we are going to offer the assistance uh, where uh, people most need it. I will just say these are um, uh, rumors at best at this time, but I just want to say for anybody who may believe that there might be some price gouging that are, is going on or they suspect any form of price gouging, please just call uh, Service Alberta. Again, you can call it through that number of 310-4455. Again, that's 310-4455. And before I end, I just want to reiterate that we remain committed to ensuring that all Albertans are safe and secure and we are going to get through this and we're going to get through this together. So please, everyone, stay safe out there. And thank you. I'm going to now hand this over to Colin Blair to provide some technical updates on the Alberta Emergency Management Agency and their response. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Alberta continues to be under a state of provincial emergency, and response efforts are focusing still on protecting and supporting Albertans during these wildfires. The Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre continues to coordinate the response and remains at level four, which is the highest level. We now have 98 active wildfires burning in the province. In addition to the provincial state of emergency, there are 17 states of local emergency as well as two banned council resolutions. We strongly encourage all Albertans to download the Alberta Emergency Alert app so you get alerts right to your phone. At this time, there are 15 evacuation orders in place with more than 29,000 individuals safely evacuated from their homes. And 10,000 evacuees have registered at 11 reception centres. I highly encourage all evacuees to register. If you're not able to attend a reception centre, then go to the Wildfire Emergency Updates on alberta.ca and register online. Evacuees who require assistance can also call the 310-4455 for wildfire and evacuee-related information. As of this morning, the evacuation order for the town of Edson and some areas of Yellowhead County from Marlborough to the Chip Lake area have officially been lifted by the municipality. People have asked about re-entry. Let's be clear, there is a process for re-entry and it is cr crucial that evacuees follow the direction of the local authority. When each local authority's incident commander has determined that a community is safe, then efforts will shift to planning for re-entry. We continue to work with partners in all levels of government to deliver emergency supports as the situation continues to evolve and change. It's important for all Albertans to check the latest information on the status of the wildfires in their communities, as well as any evacuation alerts and orders. Again, for the most up-to-date information, Albertans should follow notifications and advisory from their local municipalities, monitor alberta.ca and the Alberta Wildfire Status Dashboard online. Thank you, and I would now like to turn things over to Christy from Alberta Wildfire for more information on the situation. Thank you, Colin. <clears throat> As Colin mentioned, at the moment there are 98 uh, wildfires burning in Alberta and 27 of those are considered out of control. The total area burned for the province this year has now passed 390,000 hectares. 
But today we have seen a continuation of yesterday's break in the hot weather across most of the province uh, with light scattered showers and light winds too. This is giving firefighters a helping hand, uh, causing less active wildfire, allowing them to work on parts of fires they hadn't been able to access before. It's a much needed chance to make progress on some of these powerful, challenging wildfires. But we're not out of the woods yet. We're expecting to warm up towards the weekend, which could raise fire danger levels again, and we anticipate the wind direction could shift, which will change how we tackle these fires. Alberta currently has over 700 wildland firefighters, along with heavy equipment and air tankers responding to wildfires in the province. An extra 20 firefighters arrived from British Columbia yesterday and they'll be sent to assist on wildfires, along with close to 80 wildland firefighters that came from Ontario and Quebec. We've also requested additional firefighting resources through the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Centre in Winnipeg. We've asked for up to 1,000 firefighters from the Yukon, Ontario, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and we're expecting them to arrive in the next week. At this time, all Albertans need to take extra care that they don't start a wildfire, no matter where they are. So please respect the fire bans or off-highway vehicle restrictions that are in place across the forest protection area of the province. And if you see smoke or fire in the forest, please call 310 Fire to report it and help us keep everyone safe. Thank you. Just, just before we get to questions, I just want to uh, clarify a point. I apologize to everyone. I, I made a bit of an error on uh, on my notes there. Uh, in speaking with Minister uh, Blair, um, he had indicated uh, to me, because I always want to temper the expectations that some people have with our Canadian military, he indicated to me uh, that uh, the uh, Canadian military is limited in their capabilities when it comes to firefighting. Uh, it's not us, I, I must say, the outstanding work that is being done by the men and women who are fighting fires. Um, one of the things that Minister Blair reiterated to me is that uh, we have a, a top-notch organization, probably uh, one of, if not the best in Canada when it comes to, to firefighting. And so I just wanted to provide that clarification. We can go to questions now. Thank you. Perfect. So the Premier, Minister Ellis, Christy Tucker from Alberta Wildfire, Colin Blair from the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, and Health Deputy Minister Paul Winnick are available to answer questions. We'll go to in-person questions first, and there is a microphone at the right of the room. One question, one follow-up. Please state your name and outlet, and please keep questions to wildfire, uh, the topic of the wildfire only. And I might just say that when I was coming in, I got a chance to meet Brigadier General Graham, and he indicated that the uh, uh, Princess Patricia Canadian Light Infantry do have uh, 300 people trained in some firefighting, so that will help since they're close to home, and they'll also be putting out a call to their reservists who also have firefighting training, and so we may be able to have some local help faster than uh, we expected, so that's good news to have as well. Hi, Nicole Weisberg with CTV News. I wanted to ask about the call-out for volunteers has Alberta ever done this before, and why do you feel the need to put those, this call out right now, especially considering you are getting so many more resources? It, it, I'll tell you why. Uh, we've got a new minister of forestry, uh, parks, and tourism, Todd Lowen, and one of the things that he said very early on uh, is that we have a number of Indigenous communities that have local firefighting expertise. Indeed, when I, when I talked to the chief up north, he had said that they have as many as 450 people who are trained in firefighting. And so we, uh, he wanted to find a pathway so that 
people can be brought on board safely. We want to ensure that, that individuals who are lending a hand are going to have the sufficient training so that they can work with the teams. And so we, we are giving it a try. As you heard, we have a, a force here in our own department of, a, of just over 700. And as uh, Christy mentioned, we're doing a call for 1,000 from outside of province. We know that uh, from what we'd heard in the previous update, some of this, these fires may continue on for several months. And so if we can use the resources that are already here from people who are able to help. We want to be open uh, to doing that, but we want to do it in a safe way and make sure that those who are brought in are trained up to the same standard that will allow them to integrate effectively into the same team. So we're, we're going to give it a try. And this is for wildfire officials. I know this has been asked every day, but I'm wondering if you have a better idea of the loss of infrastructure at this point in some of the areas, including Drayton Valley and Twistle area. I'll take that question. So we are continuing to gather information on this. Uh, the first thing that we need to make sure is that the uh, wildfire uh, threat is, uh, is uh, been eliminated. And it is part of the reentry process. So while we do not have a conclusive number, because we have a number of active fires that are still threatening municipalities, we continue to work on those numbers. And they're held by the municipalities. And the intent is, is that uh, when they move into reentry, they're contacting people who are impacted. All right, we're going to go to the phone lines. Um, for Radio Canada, we do have a French translator, so we'll just ask that you ask your question in English when we get to you. Uh, the appropriate official or uh, cabinet member will answer in English, and then the translator will provide a French response. Uh, so, operator, could you please put through the first caller? Thank you. First caller is Tyson Fedor, CPV Calgary. Uh, apologies here. I thought it was going to be a little later down here, but Premier, I just want to ask you, you were vaccinated in Arizona. You and your husband operated a restaurant in High River at the time of the comments that have been circulating. You were following these so-called tyrannical measures set out by your predecessor, Jason Kenney, called the Restriction Exemption Program. So you have to ensure guests were vaccinated before dining. If you say vaccinated Albertans are followers of Hitler, would you include yourself as Premier as a follower of Hitler? And why didn't you stand up against those measures from Jason Kenney? Well, I've issued a statement regarding my comments. I've always remained a friend to the Jewish community, to Israel, and to our veterans. And I would ask you to reach out to my office for a copy of my statement. Do you have an on-topic follow-up question? I'm good. All right. Operator, could you please put through the next caller? Thank you, Steve Kaiser, Global News. Good afternoon. Uh, on top of the question here for, uh, I'm not really sure who I'm thinking, uh, Minister Mike Ellis may be best positioned to answer this, maybe the Premier. Uh, I'm just wondering about this escalation uh, to the military. Why are we not seeing military resources being deployed right this second? You know, a lot of people were saying that we should have seen it last week and now this week. Uh, my, my understanding, based off what you guys were saying, is that there is still sort of escalation planning happening. When will we see those extra resources out there helping people uh, that are being displaced? Well, I can, I can tell you that I came in today and I was delighted to see that the uh, Brigadier General Graham was already here saying that they had already um, been prepared to activate their their forces as needed. He introduced me to several members of his team, including the, the head of the um, uh, Princess 
Patricia Canadian Light Infantry and indicated that they had 300 firefighters that uh, would be willing to be put or able to be put into service. The, uh, the issues that we'd asked of the Prime Minister was to do a, an assessment of where our military would best be able to help. And as uh, Minister Ellis mentioned, we talked about firefighting. So that was one uh, issue. I spoke with uh, Brigadier General Graham about uh, doing engineering. One of the things that I observed when I went out to Parkland County yesterday is that there are fire guards that are created um, with uh, 12 meter wide and they have the capacity to do that kind of work as well. And the third area that I had asked about was whether military could be deployed to assist in um, making sure communities that were evacuated were safe. And that's an area that would require a little bit more work, but it sounds like they are uh, ready, willing and have the capability to do those first two items. And the fact that they met me here today says to me that the, uh, the message got through. I just need to be clear on something, though, is that I, I spoke with the Prime Minister and just um, pointed out that the, 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 uh, the, interne the intern uh, agency Forest Fire Centre has worked extremely well for us. I, I asked him about the, uh, how long it had been in operation, and we've had it in operation in our country since 1982. And that's the way in which all of the various firefighting resources have been coordinated. And he acknowledged that I think that uh, the coordination has been even better since uh, the Fort McMurray fires. So the, the agencies have been working on trying to get deployment of those resources here right from the beginning. That's part of the reason why with the requests that are out, we're already beginning to see those, those, um, those extra resources uh, arrive today. A couple more areas that I, I thought that the Prime Minister might be able to assist with is the firefighting capability with potentially within Parks Canada and maybe within CP and CN Rail, which are federally regulated entities. So there's, um, I think that because we're seeing that the need is so high that it might continue on for a long period of time, we wanted to make sure that all of the resources were available. But I think that the uh, interagency Forest Fire Centre has done a tremendous job of making sure that we've gotten the resources that we need. I wonder if Christy might want to comment on that. Um, we work very closely side by side with our colleagues across Canada and certainly the calls to the, uh, the interagency forest fire uh, center um, happen on a weekly basis even outside of wildfire season. We're always talking to our colleagues and we're talking on an operational level. So those decisions are made uh, in between uh, wildfire specialists and when, uh, when a fire breaks out somewhere that we know we, we realize we will need extra assistance with, those calls are made right away. And I know that our colleagues across the country and abroad are always there waiting to send us some help. Uh, See, if I would just further add to this is that is that we have to put in the trust uh, in in trust our our uh, incident command teams. So all of these fires that are um, uh, unfortunately uh, all all throughout this province uh, have incident command teams that have been assigned to them. And when they request uh, more resources, uh, you know, we uh, make sure that we get those resources uh, to to the folks that are on the ground. Uh, this is, uh, you know, in proactive measures that we have done, uh, what the Premier has done, what I have done, which is to reach out uh, to the federal government to make sure that we have these resources uh, available to them is exactly what we're doing. However, 
Just remember that the person in command of any critical incident is that incident commander. So we have to put trace and, uh, trust and faith in them and what they're doing. We have fantastic people in the province that have been doing an outstanding job. We brought in people not only nationally but internationally who are incident command and incident command teams. And uh, if they're requiring more resources, uh, we as the government are making sure that they're having the necessary resources available to them. Safety of a follow-up question. I do, Colin. Thanks. Uh, apologies. I'm going to cheat a little here and ask uh, two, two questions just for either the Premier or the Public Safety Minister. Just for clarification, will the military be deployed? When can we expect them? And then I, I, I'm not sure if this is for, uh, for, for Christy Tucker, but uh, we're seeing a lot of areas that are still under an evacuation order, but those alerts aren't showing up on the WAP or the website. Why is that? And again, apologies for asking two questions there, but I believe the second is a bit of a public safety thing. So thank you. Yeah, when I spoke with the Prime Minister today, he said the Canadian Armed Forces will be deployed, and it's a matter of getting the incident command team that Mike was just talking about to determine the best way to integrate them within the teams. But I, I took it as a good sign that when I showed up here today, Brigadier General Graham was already on hand introducing me to his team and saying that they were just doing that assessment right now. So I would anticipate that as soon as they're ready and as soon as the the, um, the emergency command centre is willing to or is able to integrate them, they will. And I'll hand it over to Christy. So the Alberta Emergency Alert System is working well. It's a, it's a national system. We work closely with the telecommunication companies, the national regulator, as well as several, use, several hundred users across the province. We have a few things that we're working on to try to fix it, and uh, we're, we're bound and we're going to make this work much better. Um, I think the uh, the information that uh, might be missing on there, we're going to be resolving that in fairly short order. All right, operator, next caller, please. Alana Smith, Globe and Mail. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Uh, I think this one's for Premier Smith. Um, so some evacuees, like those in Edson, won't be eligible for these type of one-time emergency payments. So I'm just wondering if you can explain to everyone kind of how you landed on this eligibility criteria for mm. emergency payments. It was, a, it was a matter of policy from um, the previous government um, and, uh, and grandfathered in. And, uh, we did an assessment in 2020, and in 2020, the policy was set at the time to make emergency payments available after seven days of evacuation. I think part of the issue is, number one, Red Cross comes in, and I was at the Expo Centre. Red Cross has done a tremendous job of connecting people with hotels for the first three days. And then that gives the uh, various uh, individuals time to contact their insurance companies if they have a, an insurer. And speaking with many of the insurance companies, part of what they were waiting for is us to do a provincial emergency declaration so those funds could continue to flow. So we wanted to make sure that we were uh, able to fill any gaps. And that's part of the reason why it's seven days when a family's been out of home for longer than seven days, that's when I think additional strain and pressure comes on. So that may be the, uh, the, 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 the reason behind the original policy. We just wanted people to know that it was going to be at the same level that it had been in in previous years, $1,250 for each adult, $500 for each child, and that we have a, a simplified process to be able to apply. Our cabinet, uh, emergency cabinet committee, committee is meeting every 
every morning. And so if we find that there is some unmet need, we will be able to, to address that. And do you have a follow-up? I do, yeah. My follow-up's for Minister Ellis. One of the um, requests that you made to Ottawa was the provision of military personnel to provide a measure of security for evacuated communities to guard against looting and disorder. RCMP said on Saturday there was one instance of, say, a break and enter. Uh, I think a couple of folks were arrested in that instance. So I'm wondering how big of a concern is this and how many military folks would you think Alberta needs to address this? Yeah, I mean, we'll allow the incident command teams to make that assessment, working with, of course, the Brigadier General uh, as to what the need is. Obviously, there are uh, some concerns. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I've, I've heard the one. Um, you know, I, I hope that there is not more, but, uh, you know, typically in these situations, we want to err on the side of caution. One of the things that the military uh, has expressed that they can do is to certainly help or augment our folks in the RCMP, to, again, just to provide that visible presence in the communities to uh, ensure that there's, uh, the people know that there is a level of public safety. All right, operator, could you please put through the next caller? Arthur Green, Western Standard. Today and thank you for, uh, for taking my question. Um, just a quick question: uh, How many uh, military personnel are headed this way, and uh, is military police uh, part of that personnel? As a, again, I, I just had a brief conversation with Brigadier General Graham when I came in today and uh, met with the head of the Princess Patricia Canadian Light Infantry. They were the ones who indicated that here on site in Alberta, within their ranks, they have 300 uh, fire uh, individuals who have been trained in firefighting. So I think that would be the optimal situation, is if we have military personnel who are already here, if they can be uh, brought into, into, into service. And that's something that we'll leave with the Emergency Command Centre to figure out the best way to make use of those talents. Do you have a follow-up, Arthur? Uh, I do. Uh, we put a call out for volunteers to help. Uh, once these volunteers are abroad, um, how will we be supported? Like, how will we feed them and house them? How will we feed and house volunteers, did you say? Uh, yes. Oh. Well... Look, um, the, the, there are many communities in northern Alberta that have people who have uh, the, the talent and expertise on firefighting. That's who we're calling for, is that we're hoping that there are people who live within those communities who want to help put out fires in their communities. That was certainly the feedback that I, I got at Fox Lake, is that there were individuals who'd been trained who wanted to be able to help uh, put out fires in their home community. So that's what we'll be assessing, and I, I want to leave it to the experts to make sure that they're bringing people in to integrate with the teams who have the level of, of expertise that is going to work well with the team. You, you certainly don't want to bring in new people who are unfamiliar with how with how to do this kind of firefighting, because that could then end up creating a situation that's dangerous for everyone. So we wanted to make sure that because we know we have such talent in this province, with individual firefighting in private sector companies, as well as non-for-profits, as well as First Nation communities. We just want to know to be open to seeing if there are individuals in some of those existing rural and remote communities who can integrate into our existing teams so that we have as many hands on deck to fight these fires locally as possible so that we can reduce the overall cost of the things that you'd mentioned. Thank you. Operator, could you please put through the next caller? Harley Robinson, City News Edmonton. Carly, your phone might be muted. Okay. 
Operator, could you put through the next caller, please? Thank you. Audrey Nouveau, Radio Canada. Hi, um, I'm in Edson today, and I spoke to some residents who had the impression that uh, the province gave the evacuation order too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, some disagreed, but um, what lessons did you learn maybe from previous uh, fires like Fort McMurray on the timing of the evacuation order having to be given? I'll ask Colin to take that one. I'm going to start with, I think it's a bit premature to start uh, considering what kind of lessons we're learning from this. Um, I did mention yesterday that I thought it was prudent that the local authorities took the right action based upon the imminence of the threat. Um, I think, uh, you know, an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. So um, my early remark on this is that I think it's too early and uh, we'll have to have a look at lessons learned when we get this event over. And we do have a French translator here to answer that in French. You can just come up and take my microphone if you'd like. Alors, Monsieur Blair vient d'indiquer qu'il est un peu euh, prématuré d'apprendre des leçons en ce moment-ci, qu'il euh, était prudent que les autorités locales ont pris les mesures nécessaires euh, dans le moment... Euh, Le plus approprié. And do you have a follow-up question, Audrey? Um, yes. What, what's your message for people who are, you know, for example, in Edmonton now they've come back home, but there's still fires raging, you know, not that not that far away. So, what's your message for people who have come back home already out of the woods? Yes. <laughs> You know, I think I might ask uh, Christy to handle that one because just to the earlier question that you had is part of the issue of what happened in a couple of communities is that they were evacuated and then called back home and had to be evacuated again. And we certainly don't want to put people through that kind of disruption. So I I want to, but I also don't want to, um, to overstate or understate the the level of, of concern or risk there might be. So let me get Christy to comment on that one. Yeah, I will just say that certainly uh, that fire and many others across the province saw a rapid change over a few days because of the extreme conditions and the winds that we saw. Uh, we we did have a size of 77,000 hectares on that fire, which is a significant size fire, and that gives it a lot of power as well. Uh, it was 14 kilometers southeast of Edson. It did overrun the Minnow Lake Provincial uh, Recreation Area, which I know was a great concern to residents in the area. Um, certainly, it was uh, predicted that there could be an impact to uh, structures during that burning period, depending on the activity of the wildfire, and crews were working very hard to avoid that scenario. Alors, Madame Tucker vient de expliquer um, que ce feu, um, bien que d'autres, la situation a changé très rapidement, que le feu faisait 77 000 hectares, donc avait énormément de pouvoir, donc pour la région d'Edson et le centre provincial ou le centre récréatif euh, et puis qu'on cherchait quand même à euh, protéger les structures euh, dans cette région. Perfect. And that's all the time we had for questions today. So thank you everyone. For Thanks coming. everyone.